Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Abby Carcio. And I'm your other host, Sydney Cummings. And from wherever you're listening, welcome to Megged, a women's soccer podcast where we talk about anything and everything related to the women's professional sport. These are our unsolicited football opinions. You didn't ask for them, but we're going to give them. And who knows? Maybe you'll agree. Maybe you'll disagree. But that's the beauty of the game and what's kept us friends for so long. This episode, we'll be discussing Group A in the group stage of the Women's World Cup. Move your feet. This is Megged. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Megged, where we will finally be discussing Group A and our group breakdown series. Really looking forward to it. First, let's get formalities out of the way. Abby, how are you? Sydney Ann, I am doing well. I'm so excited about this group series. Um, but yeah, season is wrapping up here. I didn't play last game, had a little knock to the head. So I'm looking forward to playing in the last game of the season this weekend. And yeah, I'm really excited to travel a bit and then head home. So I'm all good on my end. But what about you, Sid? I am sick, boo. I think it's so funny that I spent eight months in Australia. Not once did I get sick. I've been back in the States for two weeks and I'm sick. So all I'm saying is we need to sort out our air quality over here in the U.S. So I'm a big baby when I'm sick, so I'm trying to work through it. But I'm on the up and up. I went to the doctor, which I never do. So things will be better for me eventually. What's funny, Sid, is I told you you were sick like last week and you denied it. But Look what we have here. I'm sorry you're sick. I appreciate that. Last week was allergies. This week is actually a sickness. And speaking of sick not being at 100%, we've got some big news coming out of the U.S. Women's National Team camp. Katarina Macario posted on Instagram saying that she will not be fit and ready for the Women's World Cup. I want to bring this up, Abs, because in our last episode where we spoke entirely about the U.S. Women's National Team, and definitely go give that a listen if you haven't, you said that a healthy Katarina Macario was one of the three things that needed to happen in order for the U.S. team to win. So, Kat is out. She said it. She's out. Tell me now, where do we go from here? Well, Sid, we got no chance. I'm (laughs) I'm sticking to my guns, like, I really thought she was going to be the misses, missing link for them. I really thought she would be the missing link for them. But yeah, it's clear she's not going to be part of the squad. And we'll see who they bring in to replace her. But yeah, they dropped points in, in my list going forward. So we'll see. I hope they surprise me. I'm always rooting for the U.S. team. But yeah, I can't see it happening without her. Yeah, it's really difficult. I mean, she is just a star. She is by far one of my favorite players to watch. She's one of the best players in the world. So obviously wishing her the best physically so that she can continue to recover, but it won't be the same without her. Like players like her, it's just so fun to watch. And so I definitely think that she will be missed in the future and whoever they bring in, I think it's important to note, will simply not be a like for like match. And that's not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. It's just fact. And honestly, that's all we have for the catch up. We want to keep it nice and short because we want to really dive into group A. So abs, I hope you're ready. It's time to start our group breakdown.
Okay, so we are going to be kicking off Group A with our co-host, New Zealand. So New Zealand is currently ranked 25 in the FIFA rankings, and those are still the FIFA rankings that have been last updated in March. So, Abs, let's go back and forth. Tell me some of your thoughts with New Zealand. Let's start off with the positives. So New Zealand is a co-host. They're playing at home. That's an advantage, certainly. I also want to bring up Leadership. I think leadership is going to be crucial in this tournament, especially when you're at home, especially when you're not a favorite in a tournament. And I think they have someone really pertinent to their cause, Allie Riley. She's experienced, and I think she's a great captain. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that we see that on the domestic side as well. If you follow Angel City at all, the way she's taken uh, Alyssa Thompson under her wing, I think goes to show she's genuinely about developing younger players because she just seems like a good person obviously we don't know her personally but from what we've seen on the domestic and international stage she is the kind of captain you want captaining this side as they try to do something that will be very hard in my opinion a hundred percent we can't we don't know Allie Riley personally but I think it just oozes off the television when you see her interact with different players and when you see her leadership on the pitch in terms of direction. But do you have any other positives, Sid, for this team? Yeah, the other positive that I think is going for them is that in September of 2022, in a friendly, they beat the Philippines 2-1. Obviously, the Philippines are also in Group A. So I think if we're just looking at comparisons of the teams, who's played who, who has some experience playing who, I think that that's a positive for them because I do think that there are other teams in this group that are a bit stronger. That being said, I feel like that takes us towards some of our concerns with them. So as great as it is that they beat the Philippines 2-1 in June of 22 in a friendly, they also dropped to Norway 2-0. Norway's also in this group. So I think it's going to be very important for New Zealand to be able to string together 90 minutes and put games away. They've had a rough time doing that so far in 2023. Tell me your thoughts on that, Abs. Yeah, speaking about past results for this team, aside from that Philippines game, New Zealand hasn't won a tournament game since 2021, November 2021. That's a long time without a positive result. And I also think you have a team that doesn't get together much. Being on an island and also with COVID restrictions, This squad hasn't really played together as frequently as other teams. I think that's a huge negative and drawback going forward. Um, But you have to look a little bit deeper into why they're not getting these results. And I think you mentioned it, Sid, they're not scoring goals. And I don't know how they're going to solve that. I don't know if they have the personnel to, to find those goals. Playing in Australia, I actually played against a lot of people who are on the New Zealand national team. And actually I've, played with a couple in the States as well, ironically enough. But I think that the answer for them in terms of scoring goals is probably going to be Hannah Wilkinson. She's a very dominant nine and a very large presence physically, mentally, like she's constantly moving. She's one of those nines that like moves around a little bit where you're like, okay, I have to make sure I keep an eye on her. And she does have a bit of speed. And so that's obviously really important. I think that's the key for this team. They need to score goals. And in 2023, in the seven games that they've played so far, they've only scored one time. That's not acceptable. It's not possible for them to move on in this group stage if they do not score goals. 
if you're the coach of New Zealand, how are you going to approach these games? How are you going to come out? What style of play are you going to be looking to employ? I think it's really important that teams don't necessarily cave and change their style of play if they haven't had time to work on it. So like if you've only ever played in a four back, I don't think it's the right time to change to a three back type thing. But I think what's really going to be important for New Zealand, like their best chance is going to be if they can kind of hold down the fort, but then score on some transition moments. The con to this, however, is that I feel like they don't withstand pressure very well. So if I'm the coach, my initial thought is defense, 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 making sure everybody understands where to be in the right position, how to stop a counter, et cetera. But then making sure that we can progressively build the ball up the field. I think if New Zealand can keep a game out of their defensive third and played in the middle third majority of the time, they will have a better chance of scoring and a better chance of not conceding. And so I would say making it in some way that they are playing mostly in the middle third will be a key for them getting out of the group stage, as well as they have to beat the Philippines. If they don't beat the Philippines, they will not move on because just looking at the the four teams in that group, those are the two bottom teams. So you have to beat the team that you don't want to have to worry about. So for me, I feel like it's those three things, compete in the middle third, beat the Philippines and score goals. I feel like this just highlights the different ways our brain works because you mentioned like defend, 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 keep, keep goals out of your net and, and like staying in games. But immediately my mind went to, you know, they have the crowd on their sides, home field advantage, essentially. So as the coach, I would utilize that energy and basically go balls to the walls, as we like to say, for the first 20 minutes. Obviously you need to be defensively sound, but I really would throw everything forward at the first 20 minutes, try and surprise a team, try and steal a goal in the first 20, and then sit back and then control the game in the middle of the pitch. Um, that's just where my mind goes. But I can see that. And like I understand your perspective. The only thing that I would counter that with is that if you go balls to the walls in the first 20 minutes and the game gets too stretched and you concede a goal when you're going balls to the walls, you're screwed. That's it. Yeah, so it's up to them to not that let that happen, but that's a risk that I think they have to take in order to get out of this group with powers such as Norway and Switzerland. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. They're playing Norway first, so I think it'll be a good test how that game goes. Like maybe they have a more conservative mindset for that one, balls to the walls for the Philippines, which is game two, and then, you know, play it by ear with Switzerland. But we'll see. I'm not 100% sure what their game plan is going to be, but I really do think those three principles are like surefire if they don't do those three things they're going to have a hard time getting out yes it's so you mentioned their first games against norway and this is a team that i am so excited about i've been watching these players individually throughout the last year and before that and so i'm I'm really excited to see how all these different players from these top teams mesh together on the world cup stage yeah currently they're ranked 12th in the fifa ranking which obviously that means they're a top team And they're a very top team in Europe. My only question mark is I'm not 100% sure how they stack up against teams that are quote unquote better than them. So I'm thinking of their Euros defeat in 2022 against England. What are your thoughts there, Abs? I think there was some extra spice to that England game because England was playing against their former manager, um, Hegarisa. So I think there was some extra spice. They're also at home. So, and I just don't think Norway performed. It was like a shock to them. 
I almost like to put that out of out of mind, out of frame. Um, but no, it, it's something to be said. I think I agree with you in that their results against better teams haven't been amazing. They're not consistently beating them. And that's what you need to do in these tournaments. I think, I think they're good enough to get out of their group. And after group stage, anything can happen. And so that's why I'm excited to see how they do this time around. Yeah, I agree with that. I think so far 2023 has kind of shown the trajectory of the Federation. When Norway first came in, they came in hot. They had a drop off in more recent years and they're starting to build that up again. And I feel like we've seen some of that so far in their 2023 results. So they've had one win, two losses and two ties. But the ties to me are really important here. They had a 0-0 draw with France and a 3-3 draw with Sweden. And I just think that shows the duality of their game. So they can lock it down against an opponent like France and come away with a nil-nil draw, or they can match open play. We've talked about Sweden. They love that transition. And so if you can match a team's transition momentum goal for goal, I think that shows that you're capable of playing two different styles of play. And so for me, that's what Norway needs to do in order to get out of their group. They need to concede as little as possible, but they also need to just play their style. And I think their style changes depending on who they play. And that is a very dangerous quality to have as a team. Yeah, I think Norway is one of those smart teams. I think they play intelligently. And like you said, they adapt to their opposition, which in tournament plays is strikingly scary. Um Speaking about past results, though, I think some of them are a bit misleading because I don't think you've seen a complete Norway. I think every match you have one of their big players out. And so I don't think we've seen them in full force. I'm really excited to see Ada Hegeberg on the world stage. I think she's in great form, although she's coming back from an injury. She's already made a statement back in club play. And so I'm really excited to see her link up with Arsenal's Manum. She is in incredible form right now, started off the bench in the beginning of the season for Arsenal and coming in and being legit the player of the year. You also have Carolyn Graham Hansen from Barcelona, Mermielda and Gurreiten from Chelsea. So you have these power players, and I think all of them are in form. That's why I think it can really click for them in this tournament. So what do you think the key is for Norway to get out of the group? I think it's to have confidence, honestly. I think if they just stick to their guns... They know what they need to do. I think if they play to their strengths, they score goals early and often, I think they'll be fine. But if they overcomplicate things and they overthink things and lack confidence, that's where it can get a bit tricky. So on the other end of the spectrum, we have Norway that is the highest FIFA ranked team in this group. And then we have the Philippines, which is the lowest ranked FIFA team in this group. They're currently ranked at 49 And this is also one of the new teams in the World Cup. So we covered them in our new Kids on the Block episode a few episodes ago. What are your thoughts here, Abby, just in terms of, you know, we don't know much about this squad. What are you thinking then how they'll do in this group so far? I'm excited. I think for a newbie, this is not a bad group to be in. I think you have teams that can blow teams out, but you also have teams that could draw from past results. And so it's an exciting group to be in that anything can happen, nothing's set in stone. But again, there is this question mark with being a new team. In the past, they haven't played these high caliber squads. And so I think that might be a little bit of a shock for them. But yeah, I really hope they ride the energy of being a newbie and yeah, put it all out on the pitch. 
Yeah, I think that's my biggest question mark for them as a squad. I'm just not sure how much experience they have playing against highly ranked teams and formidable opponents. But I do think they've gotten together a lot. So far in 2023, they've played nine games. And that's a very big difference to some of the other teams that we've seen. Um, One of my teammates on Western United when I was in Australia is actually on this national team. And I felt like she was gone every single FIFA window and they were playing here, playing this team. And so I think that's good in terms of getting your squad together to get those reps in, to get to know each other and not necessarily worrying about the results, even though they have had more positive results than negative results so far in this year. But I'm just not 100% sure what it is going to look like for them when you are playing against the Norways and you are playing against the New Zealands and Switzerland, who we haven't covered yet. So that's just my question mark. But one positive result, their last match, they played Vietnam and they did beat them. And so Vietnam is also one of the new teams. And I think that that's good for them just in terms of where you stack up against new teams, but bad for Vietnam, which is something we'll cover when we go over that group. Yeah, I think getting that result in the SEA Games was great for their confidence. And like you said, they are seeing each other quite often compared to other teams. And I think that's also great for chemistry. I also saw in an interview that they were going to Australia for their pre-camp a bit early. And I think that's crucial to get acclimated to the climate, time difference. And they also said they would be doing some prep games, whether that's with boys teams or local clubs. I think that's also advantageous for that that squad. And I think it's great to see that they're really taking anything and everything that they can to give them an advantage in an already disadvantaged position. And I do think who's at the helm there will be helpful for them. The head of the Philippines national team, Coach Alan Stachik, used to coach the Matildas. So he has that experience as well. And so a lot of times, I think for these kinds of teams, if you don't have the experience within the squad, it's really important that you have the experience from the staff. And so I think that'll go a long way. I mean, already, I feel like he's made the right decision, get everybody down there to start early, get acclimated to the Australian climate, to just like being in that environment. And so I think that's really good. But Abby, tell me what the Philippines needs to do in order to get out of the group. It's tough. It's tough because going into a tournament as a newbie, you have to set an objective. Some teams go in and they say, let's just score one goal. Some teams go in and say, let's just show up. You know, I I don't know what their objective is. I don't know realistically if they're setting that objective to be getting out of the group. I really don't know. But if it was me and my objective was to get out of the group, that's a tough one. I think I would take the approach of sitting in, being super disciplined, playing for the counter, and honestly, stealing nil-nil games. That's what I would go for against New Zealand, who struggles to score. I think you can keep clean sheet. And then, yeah, I would look to strip one point off of Switzerland with a nil-nil draw. I 100% agree. I think that they need to hold down the fort and protect the goal at all costs. Goals sometimes will happen on a freak thing. Like, you never know. But I think if they concede, it'll be hard, especially if they're playing a team like Norway and let's say the floodgates open. I think it'll be hard to crawl back from that. So I think if they can have the objective of giving up the least amount of goals as possible, and then same for the New Zealand, how New Zealand had to beat Philippines, I think the Philippines needs to beat New Zealand. I think that that will be a game that decides who's going to finish in what place between those two teams. Okay, and so that brings us to Switzerland, who's kind of ranked in the middle of the group. They're 20th right now in the FIFA ranking, and I think they bring a very good balance to the group. 
they've gotten through in other tournaments, but sometimes by luck. So in 2015 in the World Cup, they finished third in the group, but they were one of the top four third place finishers. So they made it through to the knockout where they then lost. So I think they're a good mix of have the experience of playing at a stage like this, but don't necessarily perform to the best of their ability. What are your thoughts here, Abs? Yeah, I think they're on the brink of being one of those top tier teams. I really do. I think you're starting to see investment, whereas before there wasn't even really a domestic league. I think you're seeing that investment with them hosting the 2025 Euros. I think you're seeing more players from Switzerland playing at high level clubs. I think this is all good, but it's coming a bit behind all the other top tier teams. And so I think you're seeing them in their early stages, but I'm excited to see them at this World Cup and see what they do. It's about time for them to stop squeaking through tournaments and it's time for them to start dominating. Yeah, and I think this is a good group stage for them to try to do that. I think they need to finish in the top two here. I just feel like with all the things you've just said and and in terms of the investment that's coming with hosting the Euros and really having people behind you, I think that it's important for the trajectory of this team, of this federation, that they finish properly and make it through this group, not by luck or by what this team does there, but make it through on their own. I also think that's a massive confidence booster and that will help carry them through later in the tournament. Something that I want to mention is like this team has major players. Like they have big names on their team. They have Stern Gorjevic who plays as striker at Barcelona. They have Bachman, Lehman up top as well. They have Leah Walty from Arsenal in the midfield, although she just picked up a little injury, but she should be back for the World Cup. And then they also have Noel Meritz, who's a seasoned outside back. So it's not like they don't have the players to do something in this tournament. It's just a bit frustrating that they haven't been able to put the puzzle pieces together. And for me, that puzzle piece is scoring goals. So far in 2023, in four games, they've only scored two goals. And I feel like in order for them to make it out of this group, that's the key. Goals, goals, goals. I agree, Sid. Goals are essential. And obviously you can't bleed goals either. But how do you line up against a team like Norway, who is pretty formidable, um, and is also trying to win this group. How would you line up against a team like that? How would you score against them? I think what's important about the group stage, kind of like you were just saying with the Philippines, is that you need to know your objective. And for Switzerland, it might not be to finish first. I obviously think they need to play Norway straight up. And I think when you're playing against a team who you necessarily don't feel that you can beat or you feel like you're the underdog in that scenario... I'm more defensive minded. So in those instances, my thought is be very defensively sound because if you can't score, at least don't give up a goal. Because like I said previously, you never know, you can pinch a goal in a weird way. But if you are bleeding goals, it's so hard to climb back from that. So for me, if I'm Switzerland and I'm lining up against Norway, I think it's important to scout the players that you think pose the most immediate threat and make sure you have the best matchups that you can possibly have against them and literally go back to the fundamentals, pressure, cover, balance, making sure everywhere on the field, everybody is working for the other person and making sure that everybody knows it's going to be a dogfight. But if you can pinch a goal in some way, 
it might mean finishing first, which is obviously better when you get into a knockout stage of the tournament. So for me, that's what I would say. Hold down the fort, but not in a way where you're just constantly taking on pressure. And then if you get an opportunity in the final third, you have to put it away. You have to channel like your inner Sam Kerr, who, like we said, during the FA Cup final, literally probably only touched the ball 10 times, but scored a goal. It's got to be like that. Yeah, on the world stage, it comes down to those clutch goal scorers. But the game to watch in this group for me is New Zealand versus Switzerland. I think they're going to be fighting for the spot to get out of the group. I think it's going to be a dogfight, as you said. And I'm really excited because I think they're two evenly matched teams. I feel like a lot of this group is going to come down to proper management so if a staff does a really good job of scouting the opposition and managing how to play them in a way that's beneficial. And for this group, I feel like it's really going to come down to, and it might seem so simple, but it's going to come down to who can score. Because I feel like inevitably some of these teams are going to give up goals. That's football. But if you can score more than your opponent, obviously you're going to be the one who wins. And I feel like a lot of these teams have struggled with that. So I think whoever can piece it together the fastest is going to get out of the stage, which brings me to my question, Abby, give me your final answer. Which two teams are making it out of group A? A lot of pressure here. First group. Listen, I'll give you a rundown of the four teams. I think Norway will top the group. I think Switzerland will be second. I think New Zealand will be third, but I think they'll get a wild card spot out of the group stage. And then I think Philippines will round out. But I do think they're going to steal a point from somebody in this group. Okay, I love that breakdown. I'm going to give the simple answer. I think that Norway and Switzerland make it out of this group. Time will tell. Time will definitely tell, my friend. And we won't have to wait very long because New Zealand and Norway kick off the first game of the Women's World Cup. That's on July 20th. For our East Coasters, that's at 3 a.m. So I hope you set an alarm. I hope you get your coffee and you're ready to watch because this is going to be a very interesting group for sure. All right. So for our group breakdown episodes, we're actually going to change things up a little bit. Hot takes are taking a back seat. We are instead going to do a different kind of hot take, kind of, where we talk about the best kit in the group. So between the four teams that we just discussed, who do we think is going to look the best on the field with their new kits? So we want to hear your opinion as well. So we will put polls on Instagram. Let us know if you agree with us, disagree with us, and who you think is going to be rocking the best kit. As of right now, Switzerland's kit hasn't dropped. We've scoured the internet. We simply can't find it. So we're only going to do the other three teams And so, Abs, I'm going to put the pressure on you first. Tell me, hot take, who's got the hottest kit in Group A? This one's easier for me. I think it's New Zealand's home kit, the black one. I just think it's classy, it has character, and it stands out for me. I hate it when we agree. I hate it. (sighs) You and me both, buddy. I agree. I think New Zealand's kit, honestly, home and away, I think their kits are fresh. It definitely helps, however, that they are Nike because I think I'm just more Nike-oriented anyway. That being said, though, Norway is also Nike, and I am simply not impressed. They're boring. Yeah, so boring. I I, I will say, 
Philippines, their red kit with the stripes, classy. Like I'm a, I'm a sucker for classy stripes on, on a football jersey. So like kudos to them, but Norway, like super disappointed. Are you kidding me? I don't know, Abs. Do you think we should also say best kit? So best kit and worst kit? I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but this one's just obvious. Like, come on, there's nothing on the jersey. I don't even know it's Norway. Fair enough. Okay, I can accept that. All right, so hottest kit, we agree. It's going to be New Zealand. So I think Group A. Abby also thinks Group A. Rocking out New Zealand's going to look the best. Honestly, that first game their kit is going to look pristine, especially since they are playing Norway. Just like the comparison of those two kits. Wait, I have a question. Do you think that like wearing a cool kit gives a team an advantage at all? Abby, 100%. Look good, feel good, play good. That is not a myth. I knew you were going to say that. It's true. That's why people like, I mean, I don't wear makeup when I play, but you know, why people wear makeup and why I have like a very strict hair routine. That's my thing. And half of that is because my hair is ridiculous and I need it out of my face or else I get angry. But the other half of that is because like, I feel like when my hair is the way I want it to be and I feel confident about that, I'm not like playing with it. I'm not worried about it. Like, I don't know. I just feel like if you are confident in yourself and a lot of that does come with like being confident in your physical appearance, just naturally as human beings then you just play more confidently. So I don't know, maybe some people find it to be superficial, but I genuinely believe in that statement. And also like whatever people need to be confident. So even if it's just like a placebo effect, fine, let it work. I'm, you know me, I'm all about those one to 2% differences. So I'm on board. A hundred percent. So look good, feel good. New Zealand, hoping it'll carry you just a little bit. That's our winner for best kit in group A. Abs, what do you have in terms of games to watch? Yeah, seasons are wrapping up. It's really sad, but we just saw Angel City drop their documentary on HBO Max. I watched it, three-part series. Really cool insight, in my opinion, especially on the business side. Um, I learned a lot of new things, and it honestly inspired me and got me excited about the future of the domestic league, but also just women's football in general. So definitely give that a watch. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to email us at megpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Instagram at megpodcast. And don't forget to vote on our polls that we're going to put out about group A. We hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Please rate us and leave reviews on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Join us next week as we tackle new topics, fight over our different perspectives, and as always, our hot takes. See you next week on Megged.